Hi, it's Natasha. And Casey Nurse. And we are the co-hosts of Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 25th episode of Woke and Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woke and Free Wednesdays, you know that Woke and Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, and the world, and nothing is off the table. In this episode, we're going to be talking all about people and financial literacy and financial education. But before we dive deep into this subject, we have a couple of ground rules to cover. First, have you sub- subscribed to Woken Free on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio? If not, please do so immediately. <laughs> we greatly appreciate the love. Secondly, have you shared an episode of Woken Free lately? You can definitely feel free to share this episode or some of our previous ones. Sharing is caring, guys. Don't forget. And thirdly, talk to us on social media. You can easily find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Woke and Free. Each week, we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week, we shared our perfect V-Day gift. This week we're sharing, if you had to sell everything in your possession, what would be the one thing you would keep? I'm deeply offended by this question because... <laughs> There's no offense at all. I, You know I love my things, and uh, I know that's a sin. But, you know, you develop uh, relationships, like I'm big on reading, and so the idea of not having every book uh, in my possession is deeply troubling. But I guess if I had to give away or sell everything and could only keep one thing i would probably i mean that's even fair unfair too because i would want to say my laptop and i guess my laptop charger because without the laptop charger it's going to die but um, well yeah that's included i guess okay so then i'm gonna sell a charger on its own so that comes with the laptop okay so it would be my laptop and laptop charger because uh it has my files it has my thoughts it it's essentially the electronic version of tasha which is kind of scary but how about you I thought about mine, and I think mine would actually would be my phone, like probably mm. a lot of people, because that has access to all my files, really. I mean, I have some stuff on my laptop, but a lot of things are in the cloud, and then other things, um, I can just, I can recreate it or something, so it's not, I don't think I would need my laptop as much as my phone would actually be better. And don't forget that phone charger. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I would I try to I try to build build a sol a solar charger for the phone, so then I have to rely on that, and I just harness the power of the sun. So this is a theoretical, um, abstract question and abstract answer. Then I guess <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but that'd be my solution in case I, I couldn't if I had to sell the charger or something. Then I just build my own. Okay, and for everyone listening, uh, please ponder the question yourself, and again, share with us uh, what you're thinking. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Woken Free. Now, since we've covered our personal share, you know what time it is. It's time to dive deep into the subject. So again, we're talking about financial literacy and education. So first question out of the gate, what does that mean? I think financial literacy is just truly understanding your money and how you should be handling it. So it's basically like money management and the skills necessary to organize your money and just have like a, I guess you can have backup funds and sort of things like that. And then when you think about education, Mm -hmm. the financial education, it goes hand in hand with the financial literacy. To be literate, you have to be educated. So it's really Mm -hmm. about understanding 
the financial tools that are available to you and how to properly uh, manage your money so that you're secure for future events and emergencies, things that pop up. I think if you're financially literate, then you can deal with like financial emergencies that can pop up. And then also, that means that you're also set, set up for retirement. You have some sort of understanding of where, what your money will look like in the future. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that involves financial literacy. Okay. Money management and knowing the future. Well, according to Investopedia, because you know us at Woken Free, we love our resources. And of course, you can find this link to what I'm about to talk about on WokenFree.com. Financial literacy actually is a very specific definition. It's the education and understanding of various financial areas. Specifically, the topic focuses on the ability to manage personal finance matters in an efficient manner, and it includes the knowledge of making appropriate decisions and personal finance, such as investing, insurance, real estate, paying for college, budgeting, retirement, and tax planning. And when I came across this definition, I was like, oh snap, most people are probably not necessarily as educated and, uh, I guess, uh, enlightened across all of those subjects, right? Because I think that there's the, those are a lot of heavy hitters in our life. Knowing yeah. insurance, knowing real estate, how do we pay for college? I think a lot of people, sometimes I think, I, and I definitely can at least speak from my own experience, we tend to be more reactionary, right? And I'm a planner as well, but I think that I definitely remember like paying for college was a far bigger conversation for me once I had to do it, but I wasn't necessarily spending as much time on that at 14, which probably would have been helpful because right then you only had four more years before you had to go off to school. And so that's that. And then technically financial education as according to NEFE, uh, link is on wokenfree.com. It's referred to as the intervention in this research. So it covers a broad range of activities, something like Uh, information printed on a pamphlet to a workshop or extended course. So kind of like what you're saying, Khalil, it's about the actual education of how to be financially literate. But the two subjects or the two terminologies are actually distinctively different. Yeah. And you can see from those subjects that you mentioned, none of that's taught in high school in the Mm. U.S., that is not. I mean, I at least from our experience, right? Oh, yeah. maybe. I mean, there, I mean maybe nowadays some they charter have more. schools or private schools might be kind of making a deeper effort. But yeah, but, I definitely don't remember covering investment investment rules. And either way, it's not. <laughs> it's not like a core curriculum that you no. have to take. It's not like mandated by any by the government in any way. No, I mean, <laughs> why when there's algebra and calculus to be taken? because <laughs> well, that's far yeah. more significant yeah Not... it's interesting it depends yeah it depends on the career choice but i guess yeah it, but finances should be a, definitely a core i mean that's Since crazy money makes this world go it's crazy that it's not so. when you yeah. think about it that's that's just nuts mm-hmm. and, and, t- and talking about that what are the actual current financial literacy stats in the u.s mm, okay so there's a lot to go through uh all of the information available again wokenfree.com uh, according to the nfcc they shared this really interesting 2017 consumer financial literacy survey that was conducted online in the u.s by the harris poll on behalf of nfcc and is sponsored by becu and there were several findings so to break it down first they talked a little bit about Credit card debt on the rise, so compared, and this is 2017 stats, so 
comparatively to 2016. There's significantly more U.S. adults indicate that their household carries credit card debt from month to month, 39% in 2017 as opposed to 35% in 2016. And with nearly 2 in 10 adults saying they roll over $2,500 or more in credit card debt each month, up from 2016, which was, uh, so it was, it was 16% in 2017 and 14% in 2016. So to summarize that, more people are carrying debt and they're not paying it off on a monthly basis, which means what? That you're paying interest on that debt. Um, and overall, more people are carrying credit card debt, which isn't, I mean, again. That's I, not surprising though. We yeah, all know that. we all live in kind of a credit happy world. Uh, another thing that the, the report goes into is Americans spending less, which is interesting. So huh. reversing a trend that has been consistent since 20, uh, 2009, more U.S. adults are spending less than they were last year. So 20, 26% in 2017, 23% in 2016, which is good. And I think that that speaks to probably like uh, certain parts of our population are more experiential in, in life. So they're not necessarily always focusing on buying, like millennials I'm referring to, aren't always focused on just buying things but experiences. So that might attribute to why Americans on average are spending less. But, but was that spending on actual products or was that spending on general? Meaning like if, if you buy a vacation package, that's an experience. But yeah. is that included in the American spending less? But or is it just what certain I products? Think, I think it's just this the... This product spending. Remember I, mean, that, I wonder what this I think millennials are on. spending less in the sense of they are going to save their money and not buy yeah. every album and every book and probably buy more ticket big ticket items. And then that means that overall they might be spending... They might technically spend more in totality but they'll have less transactions right because if you save your money then you're not going to be buying but again I, that's this just could, a theory though that's yeah, my this, own see, theory that's, yeah we'd have to see the study and yeah. know exactly what they meant by spending less but either way that's an interesting hmm. um stat i did not expect to see that uh, when it came to saving and retirement pressure a little over half of adults 54 percent say they are saving the same as they were in 2016 which is slightly down by four percentage points from 2016 uh, uh, those who say they're saving more remains unchanged since between 2017 and 2016. And then additionally, more than one in four U.S. adults, which accounts for 27%, do not save any portion of their household annual income for retirement, which holds steady compared to 2016, um, which was uh, at, at around 26%, so 1% differential. Uh, so pretty much that's just saying most people are not planning for the future. Yeah. And uh, that... That didn't surprise me. The saving and retirement, it's mm -hmm. just flat right now. Yep. And then the last piece of the report talked about student loan repayment. And although the percentage who said they would not recommend student loans as a way to finance college education remains the same as last year, so 11% from 2017 to 2016, the percentage who said their student loan was a good investment actually increased since 2015 and 2016. So... That's interesting. I think that I don't. I'd like to see what the stats if they do this report again in mm. twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Because I I do, I don't know. I mean, there are like from a law school perspective, I'll say there are less people going to law school uh, now than there were <laughs> like ten years ago. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not against people taking out loans for school. Obviously, it's a requirement for some households. But it's interesting to say that people pretty much thought. <laughs> It was a good investment because I think that that, that conversation is going to be changing over the next five to ten years, I would say. Oh, 
Yeah, I wonder how far along are they in their career to say that. Was True. that like after 10 years of like, yeah, you know what? That was a good idea. True. Or is that after like one year? I don't think that was after one year of being out of college and saying, yeah. I don't think you can know that fast. I mean, if yeah. you could, then <laughs> you you must be earning a hefty uh, income mm-hmm. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you already know that you're gonna you're getting a great return on your investment with like after a year of just out of college. Yeah, That'd I mean, personally, nice. I would say my investment in my college and uh, and grad school it was a great personal <laughs> investment, but from a financial perspective, I would have done things slightly different because the amount of debt that you can rack up in law school or even in college is um, absurd in these current day times, but we digress. Yeah, so I found a statistic from NFEC and they actually gave like a, basically a financial IQ test. Mm-hmm. So the average results for uh, all ages and groups of Americans who've taken this national financial capability test was 63.17%, mm-hmm. which I think we'd call that a failing score, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's 65, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty bad. Just it, To me, that's saying that most Americans are just financially illiterate. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and another thing they brought up was that 40 46% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. I don't mm. know what country they can live. Uh, would you? What country you can live in off of ten thousand U.S. dollars for? But you get you're not doing that in America. You're not retiring on ten thousand dollars. Which is why I think we see so many uh, older people who are working um, at out in retail environments. Yeah. You know when they're like seventy or even eighty. Because mm. yeah, if you only had ten thousand dollars to retire. You're behind is working because <laughs> yeah. you don't have no money. <laughs> and social security is not your savior there. Sorry. People try to take that away. So yeah, yeah I that was not uh, your savior. Got to think about this, guys. Yep. Uh, when it comes to being more financially literate, how do you think people should go about this? Before going out there and learning, I think it's a good I- good idea to keep a couple of things in mind. So I found this uh, Investopedia article titled Three Ways to Improve Financial Literacy." Mm-hmm. And I, it, it listed three things, but I'm gonna, I really stuck to the two points that were mentioned in the article. So okay. the first point was understand that everything changes. And it was going it, it was saying that in regards to like the economy changes, the financial industry changes, True. and even your financial situation changes. Mm-hmm. You must be ready to adapt to these changes, meaning you're always you, you're always got to like learn and be keep, a chameleon <laughs> yeah, yeah and be ready to adapt you gotta just you gotta have that ability you can't mm-hmm. just say all right i figure it out how the how to save and i'm just gonna stick to this plan and it'll always be this way no matter what true and you gotta be able to adapt for like uh, emergency situations that come up which might have to change your savings a little bit so true. that's what i I, th- I like that point the second point was never stop learning of course at various points in your life, you might need to learn how to decrease your credit card debt or save for retirement or to refinance your home. You have to find the right answers for the right time. Mm. The third point, I don't I don't necessarily agree with it because it doesn't, I mean, I think it's kind of messed up. It was saying that you should start learning financial literacy in college as opposed to high school. Mm. To me, I think financial literacy should be taught at a young age and it mm. shouldn't just be like an afterthought. Uh financial literacy what is that yeah, i'll wait I think well I, why like, yeah. how could you just put that off I, I don't know i think we're ready you don't have to like dive deep into it but you should at least be exposed to it as a child yeah it's better to be ahead of the curve than to wake up with culture shock and it's now like figure out how do i manage my money what do i do with this while you're I need already to be prepared spending for the future. money in college <laughs> yeah, right yeah it's, i don't 
I, I don't know if I, would, I agree with that. You know, that I respectfully disagree as well. I think that people, you know, to get to college requires financial literacy. We just talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Paying for college is a part of financial literacy. So it makes, it's actually um, at kind of donkey behind um, <laughs> of uh, trying to figure that out. Yeah, when you're when you're already there. Uh, according to a Forbes article that I came across, which again, WokenFree.com, uh, it breaks it down to be more financially literate. There are five simple steps that you should uh, really uh, dive into. So first, read as much as you can. So they say they advertise or they suggest newspapers, magazines that are geared towards money matters. Also, the financial sections of your local regional newspapers are great resources, such as what? Wall Street Journal, The Barons, Fortune, Forbes, Money. Of course. Of course. Of Forbes course. mentions of Forbes. Forbes. <laughs> Listen. Um, and then also they suggest understanding the cash flow qu quadrant. So if you read Rich Dad's Cash Flow Quadrant, Guide to Financial Freedom by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, most people don't know there are four broader ways of making money. Employment, self-employment, business, and investing. And it's kind of like a ladder. You can work your way up to being an investor, but you need resources and specialized knowledge to do well in that field. And then the, in the article, they say, as Warren Buffett said, a, a better business owner makes a better investor. So uh, I think that mm. I personally have never read uh, this book by Robert Kiyosaki, so I definitely will be adding that to my book list to read. And uh, uh, the next point mentioned is use financial management tools, which is interesting. One way to gain, they say one way to gain financial literacy is to attach a finance management tool to your personal accounts. Sign up for services like Mint or um, other types of, I guess, tools that will help you manage your personal finance. And I think also provide that assessment, right? Because it's one thing to say be financially literate, but if you don't know how much you're spending on extra stuff, on your rent, on this, then how can you really uh, learn to manage your money better. Yeah. Also, they advertise, ask for expert advice. I totally agree with that. If you're going to try to dive into something new, you might as well learn from uh, someone who has a bit more experience maybe than you. So talking to an experienced advisor can help understand how to budget, how to save. Uh, I would probably also add they're, they're probably um, either um, investment courses or coaches that probably can uh, help advise in this arena as well. And then also this was interesting. It said utilize your network to help you achieve your goals. So whether it's wow. a podcast go figure a webinar an ebook or blog there are thousands of educational resources that can really help you improve your personal finance so um i think that that was super critical and i definitely personally think we can take uh a couple of those points and add it to our regiment okay yeah that makes sense these definitely are things that are important so Definitely will keep in mind. Mm -hmm. What are obstacles for becoming more financially literate? Mm. So I, I think this is an interesting question because I think, I don't think there are too many people out here who would be like, financial literacy, who needs that? <laughs> right? Like, I feel like... Not in that way. <laughs> I feel like most people are like, oh my God, I really need to get my together right like they need to well, the, yeah they understand it's a problem but they yeah. just but we leave it at that we're like oh my god i feel so guilty <laughs> it's a bad problem and then and we're then... gonna go have cake right like we're just <laughs> we're like or go buy some more jimmy chews yes listen <laughs> you gotta be fabulous
those guys. Um, so, you know, so how do we kind of break that bad cycle of like knowing we have a problem and then walking away with the problem still in hand and never being touched? For me, I think the answer becomes prioritization, right? So every day there's certain things that I'm going to do. I'm going to what? I'm going to have a gratitude list. I'm going to be thinking about things I'm grateful for. I'm definitely getting on social media. You know me. I'm definitely going to be eating and drinking <laughs> and self-care methods and all that good stuff. And I'm going to be working on my business. I'm going to be working on networking. Absolutely to add to this list. To have uh, a daily practice of something is to really have the ability to fully engage yourself in that. So I think for me, I'm just going to need to add like reading something about money every day, right? I'm going to need to add maybe on a monthly basis, looking at my monthly budget. How did I do compared to what I did last month and how did I want to do? Uh, maybe making sure that I sign up for at least one course addressing finance, whether it's online, whether it's in person, you know, every quarter of the year. That's once every three months, right? Like we can do things like that. So I think for me, the biggest obstacle I personally have is not prioritizing financial literacy. So that's a commitment that I think that I can, uh, you know, make and, and stick to. But how about yourself? Well, I don't know about myself, but I was just thinking, uh, <laughs> I think many people have the same issue you have with prioritization. Mm -hmm. But at a young age, like we were saying before, they kind of just, they brush it off and say, you know, I need to do it, but whatever, there's excuses. Maybe they don't have time for it. Mm -hmm. They could say things like, you know, I, I can get a financial advisor and they'll handle my money. They'll True. take care of everything for me. True. There's other people that'll say like, hey, I could win the lotto and my financial troubles will oh, go away. Oh, Lord, how many people do we know say that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's like the big thing. Poor you man's uh, tax, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's an afterthought in most people's minds. That even though it's important for us all, it's just... It's not really a priority. Yeah. You say, eh, it's it could happen, but it's not like something that has to happen. You know, you can continue to live mm -hmm. in a financially literate, illiterate state. So that I think well, that's kind of the issue. Yeah. I think that's kind of the issue is that you can actually live and be a financially illiterate. It's Until not you're like, 80 with $10,000 in your bank account and you're like, oh, crap. Well, then you just suffer all the consequences, yeah. but you technically <laughs> never, you never learned and you were mm -hmm. able to live. So that's... That's kind of one of the problems with it is that people are able to continue life being illiterate. Well, see, I think you just hit the nail on the head because it's not really living, it's existing, right? Because if you if you don't address it, like you said, at the tail end of this journey, you're going to feel it. So did you really live or did you just kind of exist? And then now yeah. you're going to pay the consequence. Well, yeah, that's true. You'll definitely feel it and you'll wonder what mm. happened. You might look back and have many regrets. <laughs> Word unnecessary definitely but let's not be that let's not be those people guys right if we're listening let's not be like oh they're so right but we're gonna do nothing about it no like let's no, make a commitment a today right like let's do one thing today it just takes as i forget who's it might have been tony robbins who said if you do one percent change uh for 30 days that's a 30 percent difference right it just takes one small act that is constant like repeated that becomes the bigger change in your life so listening to this podcast step number one <laughs> yeah hopefully it lights a fire up under some people yes 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 okay so what are things that we need to know about financial literacy before we uh you know finish up this uh amazingly interesting and uh important conversation well we we went over like lots of little parts about it so i, I mean i guess just kind of sum it up is mm -hmm. financial literacy it teaches you how to manage your money 
it'll help you be prepared for emergencies in the future. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody gets sick in your family and you have to take care of that or True. you're unemployed, you know, you have an emergency fund, things like that. And then also like having a retirement so that when you are 65 plus, you're not working in retail, you're mm. at, you know, you're, you're doing, you're at home you're retired, living yeah. off your retirement money, you're doing some other things. Maybe you're con- doing charity work, but either way you have time to yourself to not mm-hmm. have to struggle going into a job because now you're not in, you know, your perfect days that you used to, the perfect yeah. health that you used to be. You're a little bit older, so yeah. you should be taking it a little bit differently than when you were younger. But no matter how you slice it, you should be educated about finances. Since money is the accepted way that we've all agreed to trade goods and services, mm-hmm. I think it's nice to know how money works and what tools are available <laughs> to successfully grow your wealth. True facts you speak. Okay, so uh, just to drop a little bit of knowledge for you guys, because it is Woken Free. Um, so according to a U.S. News article that you can find on WokenFree.com, there's just a couple of points, leftover points to mention. Uh, is this something that is just, you know, unique to our uh, multiple households or some households? This The problem is dire and it's widespread. So if you feel like, you know, you don't have anyone to talk to or no one else is experiencing this, they definitely are. Uh, a survey found that 18% of the American 15-year-olds surveyed could not answer basic financial questions or simple tasks or handle simple tasks like understanding an invoice so that's really that's sad troubling. and yeah very troubling um also adding personal finance classes to school curriculums like you mentioned could, yeah. could help i think a lot of these schools could tend to be a little bit of uh, a little bit rigid when it comes to changing up things and not wanting to be a little bit too out there and i, I understand there are rules and regulations and laws that dictate how schools and di- school districts operate but i think that if we as a culture want to make sure that our youth is properly prepared for the lives that they need to live, we need to incorporate financial uh, literacy. And I think another couple of things uh, that the article points to is parents need to help, right? So, you know, just because you parent, you know, you're sending your kid to college, uh, you're like, they'll figure it out and they'll take care of me. Hold your horses. Everyone can be financially literate. It's not, this is this is not just something for the youth. Don't feel like if you're 40 or 45 or 55 that, that you can't turn things around. I think that a big part of the youth being financially literate helps when the parent is willing to have the conversation and be a part of the conversation. Also, uh, the article suggests that money lessons can be fun, right? We all loved Monopoly, and that mo- that's yeah. a whole game about money and, and wealth and wealth management. and Game so, of life. Word, right? Like, So I think that we need to, th- it's all about mindset, right? And so we have to think about money in a different way for it to be more engaging and to not feel like such a drag. Uh, and then also, certain groups of people need special attention. So this is special talking. Special attention. Yeah. Uh, okay, so students with special needs, like autism and parents themselves okay so i think that that's suggesting that there's certain households that are going to have more unique financial strains constraints or strains on them so they're going to need to think about you know what are additional costs right what are additional costs if yeah if you have a special needs child if you have disabled people in your household they might need more health care funding they might you know so you really want to think about how does your unique situation also apply to financial literacy and what are the extra planning points that you need all right that's some good tips that people can actually take to heart. Mm-hmm. And on that note, it is scenario time. Scenario one. 
Marlon is in his last year of high school, about to start college in a few months. He has no bills in his name and has never had a job before. So if he needs to buy things, he comes to you, one of his great parents. Marlon is going away for college soon and will need a way to buy incidentals. Is there any way you can prepare him for this new financial freedom? Or are you doomed to lose money if he goes on a spending spree? Oh, interesting question. So I will speak from my experience. Uh, at 18 years old, I I got a phone, my first cell phone, which I've had ever since. If you know me, you know what my number is. Um, and I thought that that was a really helpful thing. I did that with my mom. And it not only allowed me to start a having a building my name, like my credit history, it allowed me to be able to be eligible to apply for other things like credit cards and things like that so I guess if I was Marlon's parent I would say I'd probably get Marlon a phone like my mom did with me and I would uh, I would engage in I would spend if this is the summertime before he goes off to school I would spend that summer uh, every week making sure that we're going over understanding how do you make a budget how do you parse out financing hey Marlon you might be cute but maybe you need to get a job like don't get it twisted. Like, <laughs> right before, right before going off to college, you get to both. Make him get a job. Well, he can, can think about getting a job in the summertime, or he and oh, and or he can think about getting a job on campus and figuring out how he can get that extra coin. What I look like? <laughs> you look like a bank. Nope, not today. Nope. So. Oh, the bank's closed. The bank is closed. You're 18 years old. Get it. Get your life. Get your life, Marlon. So, so you're not just going to hand him a piece of plastic to do no. what he wants with it? Not today. Nope. But you can give him the plastic and hope for the best. He can come to you and have that conversation. <laughs> I, and now you're cheaper than me. So <laughs> good luck with that, Marlon. <laughs> well, I'll give him a nickel. Exactly. Mm. You can make that nickel into 50 cents. Okay. <laughs> okay. How would you answer it? Uh, I would probably just give him a load of books that he has to read some financial <laughs> books by it's time to read up on this stuff because this you go you going in with the empty head and it's not gonna mm -hmm. end up looking well if you don't do you don't find out how money works and find out some financial tips so yeah True. i'd give a reading list and then go like do like a summarization after he's read his books mm -hmm. like go over with them and say hey what did you learn um i guess i'd want to see if he could like balance a checkbook, you know, mm -hmm. some of the, do some of the classic things just to give him a, some exposure to finances before he's off. And then, um, while he's at school, I'd, I'd probably still want to make sure he's still educating himself about finances and moving along. Cause I know the books after a while, you might forget what happens in those, in, like what information that you learned in the books. So it'd be good to kind of like, just look at YouTube videos on financial things you can do and look into investing and, Stuff like that. Smart. That's, okay. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Scenario two. Stella is a middle-aged woman who earns a comfortable income as the CEO for a commercial packaging company. Unfortunately, she never participated in her company's 401k or pension plans because she prefers the fancy things in life like a Bentley Bentega. Unfortunately, her company lost a big client and her salary just got cut into a quarter of what it was because she's actually out of a job. Should Stella take some financial literacy class or should she just get a financial advisor to figure out how she can bolster her finances? Okay, um, you know, that's unfortunate. I, I know this scenario probably speaks to several thousand people in this country and probably, you know, globally who've uh, been in the situation where they're living the life and then they're like, oh, 
JK. Yes, John. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, easy living street is now closed. Um, I think that it's not and or actually. I would say probably she should definitely figure out, uh, she should do an assessment and figure out, okay, how much money can she live on if she has any savings before, uh, you know, how long will it take her, how long can she live without getting another job so that you have that understanding of your finance. And then also, you know, it depends on the financial advisor. I mean, if she's been comfortable working with one in the past, uh, you know, they cost... A, she hasn't worked with one or she's anything. She's never worked with no, one? No, she's I mean, just been spending her money. She yeah, hasn't so been she, thinking that about that. Financial advisors typically cost money to work with because uh, oh, wow. <laughs> all things in life, uh, you know, if it's good, right, it's going to it's gonna cost something. So um, I think that before jumping to the boat, before spending additional money, I think that there's a lot of free resources out there that she can take advantage of. And then if she feels like she's overwhelmed or not or needing again that expert opinion then take that investment invest in yourself and go forward with that but uh first there's things that she can do for free yeah i i tell her to skip the financial advisor and do financial financial literacy classes or look even at her local library and see what kind of things they're doing there because sometimes they give presentations on some financial advice and it's it's better just to get some free information. Mm-hmm. Don't go spending your money that you don't really have to waste. And then also she could do kind of like we what we did for our personal share in her beginning and actually purge all those great items that she has. Maybe she mm. can sell some of that Jimmy Choo's on eBay. Mm. Right, You're just the, really trying to give her sweaters uh, and <laughs> take her life to a whole nother level. But listen, I mean, the minimalist approach to life is more trending. Yeah, so... <laughs> she can. Yeah, she can get a tiny home and get out of that oh, mansion. Oh no! Oh no! The tiny home conversation. Yeah. We totally need to talk about that. That can be another, another episode, episode, definitely. For sure. Okay. Scenario three: William loves to skydive. So much, in fact, that he dropped out of college to start vlogging about his jumps and showcasing his acrobatic prowess. He's earned a hefty following across a couple of social media platforms and even has sponsors now. He recently thought, what should he do with all this money he's earning? He's always got birds on the brain, so isn't really interested in spending all that cash, but rather he'd want to do something smart with it. What should be the first thing he does? Interesting question. Uh, I think this, again, applies to lots of people. We're in a, a golden age of entrepreneurship. I've said that before. We're also in an age of uh, social media influencers who are kind of making big bucks, yeah. sharing and <laughs> documenting their life. So what should they be doing with their money? This is interesting. So again, I, th- I think, uh, you know, there's always a question to a question. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to depend on, on on what he, what William really intends for his life. So is he interested now? in continuing on this path and not really so you said he dropped out of college and he started vlogging so yeah so if he's looking is he looking to make this his his uh way of living and he's not looking for a traditional life if so then he's going to want to think about uh the non-traditional costs of of this type of lifestyle right so typically if you go and get a job you can get health care through like an employer plan and stuff like that right but if not if you're uh independent and you're an entrepreneur then you have to think about what what independent options are available for your uh life insurance for your health care for your um 
you know, investment policies and, and, and programs. So you're, he's going to want to think about that. He's also going to think about how he can monetize his business in a, on a greater level, right? Does he want to start selling merchandise? Does he want to also do a book? Do, is he maybe interested in doing some tours? So it's, it's all going to be, he's going to think, he's going to need to think about the bigger picture of his business and his lifestyle. And then he's also going to think about, um, long-term, what, what do you want to do in the next five years, the next 10 years? Okay. So if I just think of the first thing that he needs to do, I think he needs to talk with the CPA and mm -hmm. figure out what his tax burden is. Mm, because smart. earning all that money, you don't know how much you true. have to actually he pay back to, to the yeah, government, right? True. You're not mm -hmm. taking any money out of that. All that cash is going to you. So he doesn't want to get, you know, bamboozled next year Shrufex. when this big bill comes and he's like, wait a minute, why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> where does this money come from? Mm -hmm. So that I think that's what should be the first step, just to know that. Because then he'll actually know. How much of his money is actually his money? Smart. I love it. All right. Well, it looks like we are at that time again. We spent all this time on our 25th episode of Woke Woken and Free. Not quite in tune. Um, oh, no. <laughs> talking about <laughs> financial literacy. And I hope you were deeply enthralled and intrigued by what was shared and uh, still awake out there. <laughs> Because Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It, it is heavy, guys. I'm not going to lie. It is, it's heavy. But I think it's all mindset, right? So this is important. This is something that has grave impact on your life. So it's absolutely worth the time and energy to talk about it. And we might revisit it at some point. So stay tuned. But for now, will I leave you hanging for what our next episode is going to be about? On our next episode, we will be talking about... Black Panther. Wakanda forever! Make sure to follow <laughs> us on social media and follow along in the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. If you want to be a guest on our show, please submit a topic for an upcoming episode or just talk to us about how you feel about what we've talked about so far on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. And I've said it again, and I will say it a million times over. We're super active on social media. Please feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Woken Free. Look out for um, upcoming posts that we have, some things that we'd love to engage with you on. If you're not subscribed, please do share the episode. And make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Till next time.